Welcome to the Moving Markets podcast on Thursday, the 13th of July, with me, Bernadette Anderko. This morning, I'm going to be joined by Nicola Jordan for an update from the CIO office, and I'm looking forward to talking to Norbert Rooker to review the clean energy story. But first, we'll have a roundup on what's been moving markets with my colleague, Mike Rauber. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Bernadette. So, Mike, uh, the eagerly awaited U.S. inflation data yesterday showed core inflation dropping 4.8%, which was a a bigger drop than markets had forecast. Our analysts think that this paves the way for one final rate hike when the Fed meets in late July. But uh, how did the markets react, Mike? Yes, indeed. Uh, So markets uh, yesterday were really looking beyond the next rate hike that should bring the Fed funds rate to a lower bound of 5.25% in late July. And the reaction in the market was for bond yields to drop across the curve and the globe. Stocks rose, led by interest rate-sensitive utilities and telecom. The S&P 500 closed yesterday at 4,472 points and is now at its highest since April 2022. Um, What may not come as a surprise, gold also advanced on the interest rate outlook. It is now around $1,960. But the U.S. dollar, it was the main casualty, dropping the most since January, falling to an eight-year low against the Swiss franc, and one euro buys now more than $111. So overall, I guess, uh, Bernadette, one can say that the market reaction was as expected, although that the extent of the drop in the dollar was real, a real market topic yesterday. And uh, the Fed's beige book was also out yesterday. Did this confirm the lower inflation data release? Um, Yes, it did. In fact, uh, the Beige Book is a review of economic conditions prepared by the U.S. Federal Reserve. So it's not hard data, but just some anecdotal evidence. And yes, it did confirm softening inflation pressure, but also that even as economic activity has slightly increased in the past months, slow growth is seen continuing by most people surveyed by the U.S. Federal Reserve. Now, this uh, should be supportive of uh, high quality U.S. dollar bonds. But Dario Messi from Fixed Income Research already spoke uh, on yesterday's podcast on this. So listen in if you want to get his latest thoughts. Okay. And um, before coming on air, we talked a little bit about the interesting impact that these lower US inflation figures are having on economic data, didn't we? Um, I think that's worth sharing, please, Mike. Yes, uh, quite interesting. In fact, Uh, core inflation at 4.8% means that the Fed Fed funds rate at 5% or even higher soon is now on an after-inflation basis positive for the first time in this cycle. And also for the first time since March 2021, U.S. average weekly earnings growth was positive on the year when adjusting for inflation. So employees have seen a wage rise now that compensates them for the rise in prices. Now, this should be, of course, good news when it comes to consumption, which is like 70% of the U.S. economy. Okay, so uh, getting back to market action, um, what's been happening in Asia this morning? Yes, uh, Asian stocks are following Wall Street uh, with major indices advancing at least 1% or substantially more. Uh, Tech stocks in Hong Kong up more than 3% after the Chinese premier met with senior executives from leading technology firms. Uh, This is important as it is adding to optimism that the Chinese government is indeed ending its crackdown on the industry. Although one must say uh, economic data out of China has not been so good as it was released this morning, that exports fell for a second straight month, um, down 12.4% compared to last year. 
In other moves, the Japanese yen is little changed after it added 1.3% yesterday, but the South Korean won is up as its central bank kept its hawkish bias even as it left interest rates unchanged. Okay, and I see that Brent oil is also over $80 a barrel for the first time since May. What's the story there? Yeah, the lower inflation reading and the lower US dollar seems to have given black gold a push above the $80 mark. Although it has been rising in the last two weeks already, and on Tuesday, the US Energy Information Administration reversed its forecast, and now it expects the global oil market to tighten this year. This is on the back of production cuts from OPEC plus countries. So just to show that geopolitics remains the key wild card in the energy market. Okay. And uh, lastly, what do we actually expect today in terms of economic data releases, Mike? Yeah, we've already had UK industrial production. It showed a drop of a greater than expected 0.6% on the month. Later on, Eurozone industrial production is also on the tape. And for the US, we will get another inflation indicator in the form of producer prices and also initial jobless claim figures, which have been on a slow uptrend since March. So let's see if today's figure gives any new insights as a strong job market remains the backbone of US growth. And that's all from me. Thanks a lot, Bernadette. Thanks very much, Mike. So now it's time to turn our talk to the energy market, specifically the theme of clean energy. All this recent sun must have provided a boom to solar energy markets. So it's timely that we've got Norbert Rooker here to update us. Good morning, Norbert. Good morning. So Norbert, I know you've written a great deal on the clean energy theme, and we're taking a look at a lot of our calls now with the second half of the year underway. How is the clean energy market doing so far in 2023? Well, um, it's quite a bull market. And if you zoom out, uh, clean energy is an established business. It's a mature business. It's about very cost competitive solutions. So in fact, there wouldn't be any subsidies needed. If you even zoom out a bit more, it's kind of the first phase of the energy tradition that really became the established one with the second one, electromobility now fully on the way. So it should be actually quite a bright market. But it seems that there's some challenges arising on the horizon. So perhaps you could spell those out for us. Yeah, it seems as if the business really is falling victim of its own success. And uh, there's uh, kind of three elements that we um, have on watch. Uh, first, with all the installations of solar power plants, there's suddenly now certain times of the year, certain times of the day, an oversupply of uh, electricity basically in the markets, which means this pressures down market prices and thus profitability of those that own these plants. Also with all the, the boom market, there are lots of investments on the way into production capacities. There's more and more solar panels, products, wind turbines hitting the market, which again means it pressures down these prices and eats in the margins of those uh, producers. And, and lastly, we also see uh, global gas markets, uh, global gas prices coming down, which means there's some continued pressure on electricity uh, overall. Um, if you look and wrap this all up, it seems as if um, the market is kind of heading into a phase of consolidation, um, basically because margins are uh, a bit at risk. And maybe something very similar, this business exactly already experienced roughly uh, 10 years ago. So there's really some challenges on the horizon. Okay, so if we take these challenges into consideration, then what's your view on the clean energy investment theme now? Well, what's interesting, if you look at the theme, basically since the beginning of the year, it has underperformed uh, global equities. Um, and uh, 
the reasons are really rather elusive to come by. So uh, rates have been rather stable. I mean, the increasing rates could have been a headwind, but since the beginning of the year, rates were rather stable. Uh, also, if you look at a market mode, it wasn't really a risk-off market mode. It was rather a risk-on market mode, which we saw in, in other themes. So maybe for once, the market, the financial market, in fact, is a bit more forward-looking than usual and already realized that these challenges might be arising on on. This year, later this year, maybe heading towards the mid of the decade. And uh, that's why uh, this segment or this theme has been underperforming. Um, for these reasons, um, the, and for this risk of market consolidation, business consolidation, we decided to downgrade the theme, the view to neutral from constructive early this week. And then thus we also closed our investment idea on that theme. Okay. So thanks very much for the update there on clean energy, Norbert. And now it's time for our weekly visit to the CIO office to find out what our investment committee has on its mind. And for that, I welcome Nicola Jordan. Good morning, Nicola. Good morning, Bernadette. So uh, Mike mentioned tech stock performance earlier on the show, and the first half of this year was dominated by the strong performance of the so-called Magnificent Seven, uh, those mega cap stocks. Do you think this dynamic is going to continue in the coming months? Yeah, the performance of the mega cap stocks has indeed been impressive and they managed to pull the whole market up with them, especially the technology sector. I mean, on a total return basis, the Nasdaq 100 has been up more than 39% as of end of June and an incredible 76% of that rally is accounted for by Meta, Apple, Alphabet, Amazon, Microsoft, Tesla and Nvidia. But of course, this narrow market leadership obviously raises concerns about idiosyncratic hiccups. But looking at the past, it is usually followed by a widening of the market breadth and further equity gains. We have already seen an improvement and the broader performance picture for US equities in June, with the S&P 500 excluding these magnificent seven stocks turning positive for the year after being flat until the previous month. More broadly, we think that the current rally in technology stocks has legs and will continue to shape the performance of the whole market. So what implication would the continuation of this tech bull market have on equities in general, Nicola? We see two important consequences there. Historically, the bull markets of the past have always been either dominated by technology stocks or commodity stocks, but hardly ever by both simultaneously. In that sense, as we expect the tech rally to continue, we expect commodities to underperform. This conclusion is also in line with the view of our research colleagues, led by Norbert, that we are not entering a new commodity supercycle anytime soon. Secondly, it also means that as long as tech stocks are outperforming, the US market as a whole will outperform the rest of the world, as it has a much larger bias towards this sector. In summary, we expect the broad equity bull market to continue in the coming month, after it catches its breath in a short-term market downturn. Okay, and I guess a final question. Do you think that the upcoming earnings season can have a major influence on the further path of equities this year? Well, surprises in the reported earnings can always influence the market in one direction or the other. However, the bar is once again set pretty low on earnings expectations this time around, so it is likely that the majority of companies will be able to beat it. But of course, if one or several of the Magnificent Seven stocks I mentioned before report worse than expected earnings and a cloudier outlook, this could put a significant drag on short-term equity performance. While this is not our base case scenario, we will certainly have a close eye on the earnings season. That's all from my side. Back to you, Bernadette. Thanks very much, Nicola. I'm sure we'll all be joining you in keeping a close eye on those earnings reports. 
Well, that's it for today's podcast. I'd like to thank my guests for contributing and you for listening. Please tune in again tomorrow when I'll be back, not just with the market's news, but also with our chief economist, David Cole, to assess the rest of the US data coming today and to confirm our expectations for the path the Fed might now take. So don't miss that. Good luck today and goodbye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Für unsere deutschsprachigen Zuhörer. We would also like to make you aware of Marktanalysen und Gespräche, a monthly podcast in German, where Julius Bear experts discuss some of the latest market developments. We share our key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape in German. Search for Marktanalysen und Gespräche on your favorite podcast player.